Hey, this is Suma Zhao, and you're listening to the Get a Life podcast. Ugh, what a bother. Come on, Bish, do I really have to do this? Well, if you don't want me to tell Suma Shura that you've been eating his meat buns. Alright, alright. Jeez, calm down. Hey guys, and welcome to the Get a Life podcast. Um, last week, I don't know what episode it was last week, because there's actually a kind of problem with me uploading episodes i did actually record a lot of episodes so you won't be hearing this episode i'm recording now until like june or something which is a bit weird but um there you go this episode is actually recorded in april which is yeah kind of far away from june so some information may be outdated but um i don't think it will be mainly because of the topic we're talking about but i will say what that is later um yeah so last Last episode, I think we had Keiji Tang, the voice of Suma Zhao, and uh, the voice of Kenshiro, and also the voice of a couple other characters in games such as... Uh, I forgot what game. That DS game that everyone's talking about, that Awakening thing. I don't even know what that's about. Um, he was the voice of Jan Lee in the Dead or Alive series. And yeah, and a lot of other games, but I'm really not going to mention them. Um, yeah, so this week, you know, I decided to go a bit different, and, you know, we're going to talk about Vocaloid, and I know people will be like, oh man, really Bish, I don't really like Vocaloid, well, if you don't like Vocaloid, that's fine, you, you don't necessarily need to watch this episode, but it would be good if you did, and kind of learn more about it, because it is kind of awesome, and to talk about Vocaloid, I got a special guest, introduce yourself. Hi guys. Zombie. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you guys don't really follow him on Twitter or, or subscribe to him on YouTube, this guy is, pretty much does gameplays like uh, Project Diva, like extreme perfect stuff, and doesn't necessarily. This will be the first time many of you be like hearing him, like from the Twitter community, from the TK family. This is going to be the first time you will actually hear his voice, which is kind of awesome. So people will be like, "How do you know that zombie?" Well. Genuinely, we don't know. Yeah. So how can you prove yourself, zombie, that you are actually a zombie? Um, well... I don't know, I just... I can just say follow me on Twitter and subscribe on YouTube and everything, so yeah. <laughs> okay. That's it. <laughs> Thanks for that advertising. You're welcome. <laughs> See, this guy has the nerves to do... That shameless self-advertising, but that's all right. That's all right. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, he you can follow him on Twitter as we said uh, at Zombie Desu Thirteen. Where did that name come from? Well, I was like a huge fan of zombie movies and games also, and I was also and I'm still a fan of Japanese stuff just stuff and so uh, i thought like yeah it could it would be cool to call myself just zombie desu and 13 is like my birthday date and i was like born on a friday the 13th so it's kind of special for me so i call myself like that wow that's <laughs> born on friday the 13th yeah Jeez. you can look it up that's uh, kind of scary. Yeah, but then I'm not gonna murder you. <laughs> How are you so sure? We don't oh, know. Well. 
I know how those things end. <laughs> so yeah, guys, if I'm not on next week, you'll know why. Yeah, just saying. <laughs> but um, yeah, but what we're really going to talk about is Vocaloid and how you obviously got making Vocaloid videos and got into it. And pretty much we're going to talk about what Vocaloid is for people that don't know what it is. And I think we should be talking about Project Diva as well, but that's going to be a little later on. So mind explaining what Vocaloid is for the viewers that don't necessarily know what it is. Well, Vocaloid is um, a voice synthesizer, which you can produce music with, but also like, it's like, just, it's not a virtual voice, just, just like, you don't have to pay extra money for a singer, you know, you can just buy the product and it, you can produce awesome music. But it also, yeah, it's also used in the Project Diva games, yeah. Now, many people would see Vocaloid and they don't necessarily understand it, so they're like, oh man, this is just a computer making music and someone, I was actually talking to them recently, they were like, when I actually tried to describe what Vocaloid is, they're like, well, that's just for lazy musicians. And I was like, what? That really doesn't make sense. It's more of a tool that you can use instead of... You think about it like that. It's more of a tool rather than a robot. It's like using a guitar to play a uh, to play a piece or playing a piano. Vocaloid is kind of like an instrument more than anything. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Because I wouldn't describe it as anything else, to be honest. But it's like... The characters and the voices, the different voices, they're like being turned into fictional characters and those are real personalities for people and they actually worship them. So I think it's also kind of cool. It just it just shows how you how the technology advances and on and on. And yeah, I like that stuff. <laughs> I think I don't actually necessarily agree with is that people idolizing anything do you know what I mean like specifically for like a maybe a game or or vocaloids like I don't like that when people think of them as some sort of king or whatever do you understand what I mean yeah yeah it kind of takes away that what their, their purpose because their purpose was to entertain now I don't see how something that was meant for entertaining can be put into that kind of position of course there's people think in different ways and I can't actually necessarily judge them but what do you think on that well it depends on the producer of the songs like if they make a PV with the character being a queen or whatever you know just like in with mine for instance it's like I guess either they want to make like really catchy music or they want to show they're the, they're the queen or king or whatever <laughs> or they're just having fun at um, with work, in the, working with Vocaloid and everything, you know. Hmm. Um, another thing about the Vocaloid software is that you, we know it was kind of um, made by Yamaha Corporation, but then there's Krypton Future Media. What did they kind of introduce to this whole Vocaloid thing? Who, Yamaha? Um, no, Krypton. Uh, was it Krypton? Was it Krypton uh, Future Media? You know them? The guys that do Miku and things like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, Krypton made um, Miku, Len, Kaito, Meiko. 
Luca and all those, basically all the Vocaloids who are in the Project Diva game. Well, because like, you know, Kakpo, I think that's how you spell his name in English because I don't know. Um, Gakupo or Gumi, Gumi are in, aren't in the Project Diva game, so basically only the Krypton Vocaloids are being put into the in those games. Why why aren't they in the game? Are they from Yamaha side or? Um, I don't know. Like yeah, they're from different companies, but. I would have to look it up because I don't know that like from mind or anything because I'm like I, I only know those Vocaloids but I mostly don't know um, which company they come from. <laughs> mm. I think internet or yeah I really don't know right now. You, you could call me like shabby but <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> mm. um, another thing is that you know Hatsune Miku? You know her. You know, I'm not saying you know her in real life, but you know of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a bit weird knowing Hatsune Miku in real life, what do you think? Because, you know, over over in Japan, she's kind of this big deal. Let's just say, you know, she's on billboards, she's she's in advertisements, and all of these kind of things. She's pretty much portrayed everywhere in Japan. And pretty much, I would say... Majority of Japan, Japan, blah, 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 Japan's population um, know of Hatsune Miku. So, why do you think over here, in you know, in the United States, in the UK, in Europe, why do you think Miku isn't as popular? Well, mainly because Vocaloids themselves aren't being advertised enough in you know, the United States, for instance, or Europe. So, you. You only have like those pop singers here, and that's all people need these days. I think they don't. I, I personally think people aren't um, interested enough in other countries' cultures, and that's what it comes from. I guess that's in my opinion like that. Hmm. Because there have been like. Um... American companies like Google, you know, they've, they've used Hatsune Miku and they've showed, you know, what Hatsune Miku is about in this Google Chrome advert for Japan. Why do you think they haven't necessarily brought that over to the um, the US where Google's kind of there? Um, I don't know. I maybe thought people wouldn't accept that or it wouldn't be like you know successful or anything so I guess that's how it worked hmm. because even even then you know Miku's in on like rally cars and and she's like painted on race cars um, and things like that and she's even you know starting a Toyota commercial in the US so yeah. yeah, which is which is kind of weird because the you know Hatsune Miku is supposed to be a vegetarian, isn't she? Or isn't she not? I think. Well, to be honest, I think she eats everything, but her favorite food is negi. Because uh, I, I heard yeah, that, I really that she's she's a vegetarian, and that's what I heard. And then she's talking about hot dogs, and I'm like, what the hell? Well, American culture. Yeah, <laughs> but 
I, I don't like how they have to adapt Hatsune Miku to a different culture because you know it's kind of it's then she won't be Miku. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's like saying, oh, let's let's make Hatsune Miku's favorite food hot dogs. Do you see what I mean? Like, yeah, of course I see. It'll, it'll be very odd. Yeah, it was also very odd for me because I was like. Why do they do that? I mean, I accepted the fact that they used her for Toyota commercials, but hot dogs? Like, really? <laughs> I mean, I'm not putting down hot dogs or anything, but like... Was that really so necessary? See, that, that's that's something I don't necessarily understand, but it's um, a choice made by Toyota and I can't really blame them. Um, I guess it was like something to show that Japanese people also like um, American food or anything. I I have no idea what they thought. I, I think the main reason is because you know if if they were like oh let's let's bring like a leak, people won't understand because not many people know of Hatsune Miku in America. So I think this was kind of way to like a marketing thing to kind of bring Miku further to the US. Do you see what I mean? Like, yeah, of course. Of make course. them more familiar to me, Hatsune Miku. So, they need that kind of American culture within that kind of thing. Um, another thing is, like, she's on pretty much everything. Like I said, there's like official art. There's even loads of people are doing Miku fan art, which is kind of cool. And like, um, I think in Sapporo, the snow festival. There have been people that have been um, carving out snow to look like Katsune Miku. Yeah. <laughs> See, so... Yeah. Now, now, I think that's, like, really awesome. That, that is very awesome. Now, something I want to know is... If you can compare Katsune Miku to someone overseas, like someone that's famous, who would you compare Katsune Miku to? Um... I never thought about that, to be honest. <laughs> um, like, you mean, like how famous Miku is in Japan? Mm. You mean that? Mm. Like comparing Miku's fame in Japan to someone's fame overseas? Well, I guess... Um, like, Rihanna or someone, I guess, because like Japan's like so based on those Things like Vocaloid and everything, and the manga, anime, and everything. So, Miku's just like she's like one of the top th topics of Japan, I think. <laughs> because you see, most um, most producers, song producers, are from Japan. So I guess that's like that also shows how famous she is. I mean, there's also overseas producers but most are Japanese I think <laughs> okay um, another thing is do you think they'll ever make a uh, a Vocaloid anime like an official one oh well I've read about that but I know that there's a manga but anime I don't really know because you'd it would be like unrealistic because you would have to take voice actors. Um, 
and, and the thing is, yeah, you have to take voice actors, but even Hatsune Miku's voice was based off real voices, so yeah, you can actually course, of use course. those real voices. Yeah, of course, but it wouldn't be the same, I think. You can just take animation, animated um, videos or movies or anything from music videos, but I don't think there's gonna be one, to be honest. Because there's many possibilities. They could even use the software to to kind of make that anime, you know, uh, instead of voice actors. Yeah, I know, um, but they would have to... Do you know what Talkloid is? Mm-hmm. It's basically like a Vocaloid, but it's um, made for talking, I think. And they would have to turn all those Vocaloids into something like that, because, in my opinion, like if you hear a song and they're talking, it's, it's it's made for the rhythm to fit and it wouldn't be the same with the with those voices so what do you think of a musical for vocaloids because then you said you was talking about rhythms so pretty much a musical has that kind of rhythm so what about vocaloid musical what do you think about that well that would be awesome and i think that would be possible as well it, it would be like the concerts you know um, I know there's the Senpon Sakura musical, but it's with real actors, of course, and they are singing it as well, so, I mean, the people are singing it, not the vocaloids. So, a, a musical wouldn't be bad, I think, and it would be possible, since it's actually with music, because anime, well, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> hmm. Um, moving on to these concerts that you were talking about now, for people that don't know, there were actually concerts in LA and all these other, I think there was a concert in Sapporo in Japan and in Tokyo and other places as well. But um, I believe Miku's um, final concert was Tokyo last year or something like that. What do you think about Miku's final concert and do you think Krypton Future Media will kind of make more concerts in the future like around the world like like a Miku tour possibly like maybe in London maybe in like a uh, Munich or Paris or things like that what do you think about that well about the world tour I think if enough people would actually want that I mean there are already many people who really want that me including included and if they have the money and everything, I guess they would do that. But otherwise, otherwise they just um, continue doing concerts in Japan like they usually did. Okay. Um, ooh, this is an interesting question. Now, who is your favorite Vocaloid of all of the Vocaloids that Krypton Future Media do? I swear, this knew this question would come up. <laughs> to be honest, I don't really have a favorite Vocaloid because oh. I mean there are some I prefer over some others. I mean, like based on the voice, this it's always based on the songs and everything. Like if you take Screamos or Rock or anything like that, I I prefer Luca. But if it's 
like electronic music, it's Miku. And Len and Rin, well, they have, I think they fit with classical music. And yeah, and Kaito and Meiko also with like electronical or rock. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that's like how it works for me because I mostly listen to that. Like, yeah. Now, personally, I have to say, my, my favorite Vocaloid uh, has to be Rin. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just. Um, her voice is just so cool. You see what I mean? Like I love, I love the song Meltdown, and I love the song. Was that Rin, by the way? Because I get confused between Len and Rin. Which one? Like Meltdown. Was that Rin's song? I think no. Meltdown. Yeah. Yeah, that was her. Yeah. So Meltdown. I like Kokoro. That was a, that was a nice song. Yeah, I also um, love that song. It's so cute, and the story is also very touching. I think. Mm. And um, there's a few other songs, you know, there's Remote Control, there's Never, there's all of these amazing songs made by those twins, but I'm, I'm saying twins in this kind of, in like uh, inverted commas, mainly because Krypton Future Media let the, let the kind of music producer decide whether they're twins or they're lovers, which is, I think it's kind of weird, personally, because there's some songs where they're yeah, treated as as lovers and there's some songs where they're treated as siblings and there's even some songs where they're treated as both which is a bit <laughs> weird yeah I kind of prefer the um, sister brother one mm, so do I but it also depends on the song of course like like love songs then of course it's always um, Rin and Len of course lovers that's like better than you know, brother and sister, because you don't want to have brother mm. and sister love each other. The thing I is, mean, I... Like, I mean, like, you know, love each other, not yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, I, I see what you mean. <laughs> what, what, what I prefer is, like, I would prefer Len and Gumi. They'll make a cool couple. Well... Um, uh, that's what I'm thinking. I think Gumi... I never thought about Gumi being coupled with another one because mostly I thought about um, Gumi's Kakupo because they're like I think they're from the boat from their same company. Mm. And but then again, there's like Luca and Kakupo and everything, and you have so many choices to choose. Or so there's not really a um, conclusion or anything. Well, you know, um, you know, another Vocaloid I like is obviously Gumi, mainly because her design. It's not not mainly her voice, because I think Miku could could sing Gumi songs and Gumi could sing Miku songs. It's not really that much difference in their voices, personally. But I'm I'm I've only been like a fan of Vocaloid for a year, so I can't really comment on that. But mainly because she has that cool green hair, and my favorite color is green, so <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, but um, of course Gumi's cool, but Sonika the Ingloid also has <laughs> green hair, which I actually I don't know who that is. We love. <laughs> um, Sonika is an English um, vocaloid, like Sweet Anne or or like Avena, which was like 
released um hmm. a few months ago i think if i don't longer. i don't like english vocaloids i i've been listening to a couple of them like you said uh, sweet Anne and things like that but i prefer um, there's only one english vocaloid that i like which one do you think that is um luca nope. i think because she also has an english word no 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 it's guess again um well <laughs> i have no idea um i, I would I, say big l but yeah i'm not sure you're right there he's kind of cool yeah he's attractive <laughs> What design of Big Al though? Because there's two designs. There's his um, Taiwanese design, um, and there's yes. his original design. He has um, the um, Frankenstein one, and the, yeah, and the Taiwanese one. But I think both are great. Hmm. Well, what I like about Big Al is he, he kind of reminds me of this Cockney guy oh, from England, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean, sounding like that. Um, <laughs> that's what he, he reminds me of, uh, personally. And also the song, um, you know, Baby Bear. I like that song. Uh, um, I don't really know that because I don't listen uh, to Ingloids so often. No, but it was, with, um, it was with Ren. It was Ren and Big Al. So you should see that after this. After we record, you should just watch that. What video. was it called? Baby Bear? Yeah, baby bear. It's quite cute. It's, I like it. I only know Tokyo Teddy Bear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Because <laughs> mainly we we listen to different kind of styles. Yeah. Because you 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 mentioned before we were recording that you listen to a lot of screamos. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, personally, I don't like screamos because I don't want to listen to screamos in any sort of way and I can appreciate that people do and people like screamers but I prefer kind of the uh, the romantic kind of vocaloid songs the electronic mostly because I'm a big fan of uh, Daft Punk and you know electronic yeah. music and things yeah. like that so mm -hmm. it's nice to hear that um, there's some dubstep ones but it doesn't sound as good as you know Skrillex or Deadmau5 but well I think Skrillex Skrillex is like um own type of music because I wouldn't I wouldn't call Skrillex like dubstep because it's like it doesn't really involve anything like except for this wee 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 um like dubstep also has music in it so I those are like two different types of music for me mm. because if you if you like take um Miku's song Eden which mm. is dubstep it's like it's got really great it's a really great tune and everything and then you listen to Skrillex and you hear nothing but like those weird sounds and I mean I'm like I'm not like I hate Skrillex but I'm not a big fan of Dubstep's like different mm. for me I, I uh, you know I like Skrillex mainly because of those weird sounds like you know halfway through the song it's like wah, 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 or yeah of course like randomly like call 911 I'm like whoa yeah I like that song to be honest I love it <laughs> that was a bit weird that's that's where I thought like wow Skrillex you've gone a bit weird it's, it's bad enough that he kind of shaves his hair and he looks weird but you know, he just I, looks I don't free. care but I don't care about the producers looks to be honest it cares I care about like if their mu music is good, then okay. Oh no, yeah. 
But it's just it's just weird looking at Skrillex and just I'm like wow. You look like something that came out of the sewers. I guess that's what defines him. I mean Maybe. like his music defines him and his looks and everything, I guess. Yeah, it does, but at, at the same time any I'm not going to lie. I do love Skrillex, but ah, he's just the way he looks, he, he looks like he should be decontaminated. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the other the other musicians that are like, you know, Daft Punk and Dead Mouse, they, they look cool because they got them awesome helmets and and them kind of <laughs> like that whole Dead Mouse thing looks awesome. Like it looks like kind of Mickey Mouse. <laughs> you know, I can't blame him. And you know, it lights up. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you think there'll ever be some sort of Vocaloid DJ? Like, do you think that uh, Daft Punk was like, yeah, we want to use Vocaloid in our next album? Do you think um, they'll do that? Ever? Well, I don't know if they even know about Vocaloid. Oh, so. no, they should do. It's being as big as them, for them not to know Vocaloid. Because when you're you're high up in terms of being a, like a music producer, you should kind of experience all these type of musics and while you're searching to find this you know inspiration you should be kind of looking at all of these kind of different things well, yeah of course but then again it's like if they like it if they like the products like they don't i don't know if they know japanese because i mean of course it's like it's not it's like kaito english of course now and they could use him but, um, yeah, it's about if they actually know about it or not. So, I guess that's like, yeah, that's it. Um, speaking of this whole English, and apparently there's different types, you know, there's there's ways that you can make um, Vocaloid speak or, and sing like uh, Chinese. I know, yeah. And so far, I've only found one one Chinese song. From, for, from for, which you know, vocaloid? Uh, Miku, that's it. One Chinese song. Oh. Yeah, but there's also a Chinese vocaloid. I don't know if it's already done or if it's still being produced. Um, I think Luo Tiangyi, I think it's called. Sounds like a Dynasty Warriors character. <laughs> Luo Tiangyi. <laughs> I'm searching yeah. this stuff. Well, <laughs> you know, I, that's what I thought, to be honest, but, hmm. you know, if you start playing Dynasty Warriors, you always get about that, and you think of, when you whenever you hear something Chinese, you always think about Dynasty Warriors and all that stuff, and then you feel like, well, that's sad, because all I know about China is Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> But that's the thing, if you want to know more about countries, if you want to know more about their cultures, yes, uh, video games and, and Vocaloid and listening to that culture's music and, and eating that culture's food, that, that's something great to get involved with that culture. Of course, but of course. There's a lot of other things that you could do, you know, not necessarily learn the language, if you really want to, you could, but um, do more things, like necessarily, you know, do, for instance, if if you want to get more involved in Chinese culture, there's books that you can read, you know, there's Sangguo Yanye, there's uh, Feng Cheng Ban, there's all of these books, there's Journey to the West, there's 
there's a um the romance of the three kings yeah that that was um <laughs> the one i mentioned at the beginning Sangwo. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know i never read them <laughs> i feel so dumb if you, if you really want to read it there's actually an online version on the dynasty warriors blog i'll give you that oh, later i see um it's a very the thing is it's a very interesting book it's pretty well obviously dynasty warriors is based off the romance of the three kingdoms I know, I know. It's it's a very interesting book. You get to learn a lot more. You know, there's a lot of people that that read Romance of the Three Kingdoms and pick up Dynasty Warriors, and they're like, "Well, this is very inaccurate." But at the end of the day, Dynasty Warriors is just a game, and yeah, and you know, it's just video games. They're not supposed to be accurate. Yeah, <laughs> you know? like who would have ever fought with a harp? You know. Yeah, no, that's, that's like Taiwanji or, or surf <laughs> on people's bodies. Yeah, or fight with a flute like Shenji. <laughs> you know, there's people, there's people that are like, oh, this this weapon wasn't even like. There's a lot of people that they see the nunchucks in Dynasty Warriors and like, well, this weapon never existed. Do you know nunchucks, what I mean? Nunchucks, like, well, it, maybe. No, they nunchucks never, they like... never did actually exist in in ancient China uh, around that time. They they came a, a lot later, but there's many people they see that and they get put off by it. I don't see why that is. It's just video games at the end of the day, guys. Yeah, don't, well, don't get maybe, too worked maybe up. Maybe they're like, you know, they want something really accurate. They should probably play like something like, yeah, Kessen, I think. Is no, Kessen is not historic. Yeah, no, Kessen oh, is sorry, not. Sorry, sorry. I no, never I played mean, that game. I, I don't never mean it played. like that, but it's just, it's the weirdest game, especially if you play Kessen 2. Like, this is the game that had Liu Bei fall in love with Diao Chan and you find out <laughs> later on in the game that Cao Cao and Liu Bei are brothers. Oh. Well, it's, that's weird, weird. it's very weird. Like this is this is Kassen and there's all these crazy magic that you can do in this game. And you know Zhuge Liang's wife Yu Ying is a weirdo. You should see the gameplay of that because she's she's the ultimate weirdo and Pang Tong, you see his face and he sounds like this sounds very lazy. That's Pang Tong, you know <laughs> Even Zhuge Liang, he's very. He doesn't really act as though he, as if he is Zhuge Liang. He acts like this kind of unwise young guy. Although he he is wise to some extent, and and you know Wei Yan looks weird in this game. He has a scorpion on top of his head, and that is Kesen. So I think Kesen is is a lot more inaccurate than Dynasty Warriors. But that's the thing: the inaccurate games are the most fun games. Well, yeah, you mean like. You can you look at you can look at Senkoku Basara, you know. Mm. That's that I game. I think those are also like so un- inaccurate. Like, I I don't think Nobunaga Oda was like ever like really a demon or anything. No, he uh, no he wasn't actually a demon. But there's like so many weird things like Takarasu Honda like being a like a massive mech. That's weird. Yeah, uh, the fir- my first my first thought about was that was like. What? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> why a machine? And Ieyasu Tokugawa. Oh my! Why is Ieyasu young? Why is Ieyasu younger than Takadasu Honda? It's, the, it's so weird. Takadasu Honda is supposed to be younger than Ieyasu, but no right. It's it's weird. Personally, I actually haven't played the game. If I only watched the anime, which is kind of interesting. Well, like I saw Master Mune Date. It's just him and his six swords. Whoa. Yeah, I, it, it's the opposite for me. I, I played like, I think all of the games except for that 
Koko Basara Cross game, like the, you know, the 2D fighter. Um, but other than that, I played like all of the other Senkoku Basara games, but I never watched the anime. <laughs> the anime is quite cool, I'm not gonna lie, because the way I actually got into this, the anime is, you know Michelle from Twitter, uh, at Team Benevolence? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of yeah, course. She, she actually <laughs> told me about it, because I didn't really want to play the game, I really wanted to know, kind of know a bit more about the game, so I decided to watch the anime, because, you know, at the end of the day, the game looked cool, but, you know, it, it didn't seem like the game I would play, and I don't think I'll ever play Sengoku Basara, mainly because I wouldn't say I'm a Dynasty Warriors fanboy, but I'm not... <laughs> yeah, it's very weird for me to play that game, personally. Yeah, I don't think just, I would enjoy just, it. You know, it's Capcom, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's, it's, not, it's not, not just that, it's just like... It's the same it's like reason... The gameplay and everything. Uh, it's the same reason why I wouldn't play Ken's Rage. I'm not hating on Ken's Rage and I'm not hating on Sengoku Basara, it's just something I'm not necessarily used to. And it's the reason why I didn't play Samurai Warriors to begin with. Like, until I, I was kind of forced to play Dyn uh, Samurai Warriors, and then I loved it. And it's the same with um, Warriors, uh, Dynasty Warriors Gundam. I, I wouldn't want to pick up that game, and I'm a big fan of Gundam. But I don't know, it's just mainly because it's a hack and slash. I, I'm a big fan of hack and slash games, it's just it's a weird kind of hack and slash. I'm not used to it, it's the same reason I wouldn't buy One Piece game. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean, because it's just so different and everything, but when I heard about um, Dynasty Warriors Gundam, I was like... Well, it looks cool, and I think my friends would even like it because you know they're not like into Chinese or Japanese hack and slash things. But I think with Dynasty Warriors Gundam, I kind of you know got them into playing it, but they never really like you know were an expert in it. The thing is, I think these games are only made pretty. I'm not I'm not only gonna say only made for the West, but. It did appeal to a lot more Western fans because there there are a lot of fans in the West that are fans of Gundam, that are fans of One Piece. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, of course. It's the same with like Naruto. That is doing very well over here. It's, it's doing better than Dynasty Warriors over here, and it's doing better than a lot of other games over here. Mainly mm -hmm. because there's a lot of people that watch Naruto, and there's a lot of people that watch the manga for Naruto Shippuden. Yeah, I know what you mean. So it really depends on on what the country likes and it's the same with um when we were gonna get um dynasty wars 8 overseas it, it really all did it all depended on whether people overseas would actually buy the game yeah and it was like about can it come for for xbox 360 can it have english voice actors and all that stuff you know hmm. um speaking of english voices I'm not allowed to say whether there is going to be English voices, but let's just say I, c I can't confirm, focus on the confirm here, nor deny that there is English voices. So, yeah, uh, they're not actually allowed to, like voice actors and things, they're not actually allowed to say. So many people have, you know, when they ask, when they ask, oh, Dynasty Warriors 8 has been announced, is there going to be English voices? Some of them will say no. And some well, of them. Of course, because that's like a secret. Yeah, no, some of them won't just, actually tell you. And then there's you can some... just shout it into the world like, Hey, look, Dynasty Wars 8 will have yeah. English voices and everything. You can't just do that because it would kind of like, you know, ruin the surprise or anything. Well, there, there have been a couple of voice actors that 
that have kind of mentioned that there is like you know there's one guy who's like yeah I'm the voice of Dong Zhuo. Yeah, no, I saw that. So it it kind of ruins it. So now. Well, I don't care about the English voices to be honest, anyways, because I I always prefer the Japanese ones because those are like. Um, much better for me. Thing is, you say you always prefer the Japanese ones, but Dynasty Warriors games you've always played in uh, English. Well, yeah, because I had no other choice. Well, Dynasty Warriors Five was only in English. <laughs> so, speaking of Dynasty Warriors, what was your first Dynasty Warriors game? Dynasty Warriors Two. Dynasty. Oh, just like me. Now, there's a lot of people that actually haven't played Dynasty Warriors Two. Yeah. Which is a shame. Now. Dynasty Warriors 2 was a beast of a game. Like, if it was on the PlayStation Marketplace, I would I would buy that game and I'll play it so much that my me PlayStation too, breaks. Too. That's how much I'll play that game because I bought three copies of that game when I was six years old <laughs> and I destroyed... And the thing is, I wasn't even playing any other story mode. I was just playing the way story mode with one character. And, <laughs> and, I, and I played so much with one character that I just pretty much destroyed three copies of the game. <laughs> and that character you already was, told me that, I know. That character was Dion Wei. Oh, I... Whenever, whenever I was like, I was playing with Dion Wei and I was like, you know that axe you get when the attack is up for 30 seconds? Mm. I was like, wow, he has to get that because he fights with an axe too and you know. <laughs> so whenever oh, like, I had I another... Whenever I had a different character, I never actually picked the deck. So. <laughs> I did the same thing. But eventually, I, think, yeah, this will make I was. More powerful. Yeah, eventually I was like, you know what? I might just take that axe because first it's at Hulaukit. I wanna beat Lubu for the first time in my life. Well, the way I did it was, I thought that you had to defeat every. Like officer on in the game. That's what I. That's how I thought about Dynasty Warriors. And I was like, okay, there's Lubu, and he was kind of a piece of cake. He was very simple for me, and I was six years old at this time, and I was kind of playing on I think normal. And obviously, Lubu. If I if I played it now, Lubu was kind of buffed up. It's like, yeah, I'm Lubu, yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Very very difficult for a six year old to beat Lubu, but you know I found it like yeah, it's just Lubu. Like with every other, that's the reason I didn't play as any other character. Because for <laughs> me, Dion Wei was the only character to, to defeat Lubu. And the way I did it was, I did um, square, square, triangle, square, square, triangle. So I threw <laughs> my axe, and then Lubu would get stunned, and then I would hit him again and do the same thing. And that was my method of defeating Lubu. And I didn't know that you can actually go around Lubu. Yeah, it was like, I, I didn't even want to go around because it was like you know it was like something special because when you when you beat him you got that um sword you know which raises your attack with eight points or anything mm. i think and i was like yeah i need that i really need that because i want to level my characters up you know so that was kind of like for me um sorry for Swearing, but I was like, screw what Yuan Shao says, I'm gonna beat him now, for giving a Another crap. thing is, um, speaking of Dynasty Warriors 8, it is coming out on the 12th of July 2013, and you guys within the UK can purchase your copy of Dynasty Warriors 8 from Game, 
the game retailer. They're awesome bunch of guys. They got free UK delivery on everything. And um, the game is out on the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360. Of course, you can pre-order it for free. If there is any pre-order bonuses, I think you will receive them. Unfortunately, I don't think there is at the current moment in time. Um, But pricing is, for Xbox 360, it will cost you £40. I'm rounding up to the nearest pound. So £40. And for the PlayStation 3, it's £30. So I actually haven't seen any other retailer selling Dynasty Warriors 8 on the PlayStation 3 for £30. So if you want to save... £10 on your PlayStation 3 copy. Buy it from game.co.uk. Guys. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I don't know about America. All I know is game. You can buy it from there. In America, try Amazon. And I would say the same to overseas. Mainly because there's GameStop, but GameStop don't really sell these games. And if they do, they're kind of expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, um, because my uh, my favorite game store here sells um, Warriors Orochi 3 Hyper for the Wii U, and I was like, wow, that's the first time I ever see a uh, Warriors title in that store. Like, the reason really. the reason that is is because that game was a release title for the Wii U, so not having that, and you know some some Wii U bundles kind of bundle that game in, so. You know, without without having that game, it's like saying, oh, well, uh, you can't have a PlayStation 2 without Dynasty Warriors 2, because that's yeah. how a lot of people started with Dynasty Warriors, and, and, of course, with SSX as well. They kind of played that game because it was the first game on the PS2. It's the same with KSN. It's the same with a range of other games. And that's personally how I got involved in Dynasty Warriors. Um, well, I was, like, over at my friend's place... And I searched like for through his PS2 games, and I found nothing like really interesting for me. And then I found Dynasty Warriors, and I was like, um, "What's that game?" I thought at first I thought like it was like Final Fantasy, <laughs> because it, I don't know it looked like it for me. And then I put it in, and when I start, start started playing it. I was like, wow, this game is so awesome. And I don't know, I think my first character was one of the Wu officers. I don't know, I think Sun Sheng Sheng. I think. Yeah. And that's actually how I got into Dynasty Warriors. And then I borrowed it and played it a bit. Yet, and I gave it back. And then some years later, I found Dynasty Warriors 5 in the store. In the, in the store. And um, I bought it, and the first character I chose <laughs> was Shenji. <laughs> hmm. Because she was like such a beautiful woman, and I and I, I love playing with women. It's like it's like a habit wow, for me. Uh, hey. It's not. It's not. It's, I'm, I don't mean to sound sexual or anything, but it's like that, that was because. The whole point. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like that. So uh, this people are gonna they're like, gonna download this episode yeah. and they're just gonna take that bit where you just said, "Oh, I love playing with women," and they're just gonna <laughs> put it on an infinite loop because a lot of people were doing that with the Chinasod, and I think they're gonna do that with this. I think <laughs> I should do that. I should just take out that little bit and just put it on an infinite loop on my YouTube channel. <laughs> I love playing with women. I love playing with women. Yeah, 
<laughs> and then it's like, it's not supposed to be sexual, but, you know, there you go. <laughs> You're gonna yeah. put it on your Tumblr. Yeah, I don't think I will. <laughs> Mainly because I I don't use Tumblr a lot. <laughs> I dare you too. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And another thing, we were talking about dinosaurs a lot. The thing, thing is, I talk about dinosaurs too much, and a lot of people don't like that. That's why I'm doing this Vocaloid <laughs> episode. So let's get back to Vocaloid. Let's talk about the Project Diva games. What is it? Well, it's basically a game where many songs from many different produce, producers are being put into one game. And not only that you have the music, but you also have... Um, the vocaloids performing to it and you also have gameplay like you have four difficulties like um easy normal hard and since project give a second goes f extreme um which was well it was sometimes hard sometimes not but yeah you can also just watch the music video without playing it so that game's cool and for the for the um, PSP, you also have those diva rooms where where you can interact with the vocaloids. Same with the PS Vita, Project Diva F. You can, I don't know, touch their nose and everything. <laughs> so yeah, that sums the games up. There's also DLC and everything. But, yeah. Hmm. That's how I would put it. Now, many people don't actually, n might not necessarily understand, like, the Project Diva game. It's it's pretty much like a rhythm-based game. Like, there's, like, buttons on the screen. I'll compare it to, in the West, I'll compare it to Guitar Hero. Kind of. Well, yeah, except for you don't have a guitar in your hand, you're just using the controller. But they do, they did make a uh, specific pad for this game, like, you can necessarily Yeah, of do course, it, yeah, they... Did, I saw it, and it's it's basically for those who don't get to play the arcade version, because there's also an arcade version, which which only has four buttons like um, triangle, cross, and you know circle, square. But the uh, one for your home, you also have the up, right, down, and left buttons, so it will be easier. So you mentioned an arcade version, like, do you actually, in Japan, they actually have these in arcades? Yeah. Ah, oh, that's quite awesome. Like, Lots. over here, especially in the UK, we have this arcade called Trocadero, um, in London. And there's a lot of Sega games, and there's, like, some import Sega games and things in their arcade machines, but we don't actually see Project Diva there, which is a shame. You know what I well, mean? Well, I, I, I read that... In the United States, um, there is actually one arcade put up, but I don't know exactly where. I just read that on the Facebook site, and I was like, that's cool, but why doesn't it come overseas anyways? <laughs> like, you know, everywhere. Speaking of coming overseas, um, the game is apparently supposed to come overseas, depending on how many people like the Facebook page and share the kind of 
Sega Facebook thingy. Yeah. So, do you think that will happen? Um, well, it depends on Sega. Because I'm scared that if they bring it overseas, not many people will buy it. You know, there's always those people who saying, yeah, I will buy it and I'll buy the DLCs and everything. But then even those people who buy it, that's not enough for actually making much money, you know. At least that's what I think because um, Project Evo games are not like as famous here as in Japan where they like sell those million copies in like one day, I think. Um, it really does depend on how Sega is going to do it because with Sega, a lot of the games tend to be popular because the way they market them. You know, if they're going to show TV ads, like there's Sonic ads on TV, there's all these, you know, on the side of the Sega building in London, there's a massive kind of picture of Sonic, like stuck to mm-hmm. the, the thing. So Sega overseas kind of focus more on Sonic and, and things like that rather than other games that are necessarily more popular in other countries. So it really does depend, like I said, on whether people, the fans over here will, will decide to buy it. And even they're not going to take it off the shelves after they kind of produce the game, after they they translated the menus and things and especially showing after showing a game at E3 you can't say nope we're not gonna do it because they did show it at E3 last year well yeah but that was the Vita version and if that was just like you know for people to see what which other games Sega produces I think it was it was a kind of thing to see if if Project Diva was was gonna do well over here, and there was a lot of people. Yeah, they're like, yeah, this game looks awesome, and they actually did go to the the E3 thing, and they did see it, and they get, did get to try the game. So, I think it will do well overseas, but I think it could do better if Sega decided to change the person they're publishing with, because normally Sega publishes themselves their own games, nine times out of ten. I think they should go with Activision. To publish this game. Well, it also depends on the advertising and everything. It does, but what I'm saying is, if you let Activision necessarily publish a game, I think it would be because uh, you know Activision would bring a lot more thing because obviously Ad- uh, Activision have a lot of money. Let's just put it that way, and you know you always see these Call of Duty adverts and World of Warcraft adverts and all of yeah, that. Of it's like. That's down to Activision. Obviously, they are publishing the games, and they don't. That's how it goes. They publish the game. So if you let, Act, if Sega give some sort of publishing rights to Activision, I think they can make this game. I wouldn't say obviously they don't actually change the game's integrity, but they can add something to the game and like add new ideas, uh, add some sort of marketing element, and to kind of make the game more popular overseas. And I think after a while. I think Sega should uh, actually kind of give the rights to the game to actually produce the game to Activision because I think Activision are you know they they know how to make rhythm games you know we've seen DJ Hero we've seen Guitar Hero and they're very popular games and I know many people want to see them so mm-hmm. I can I can kind of imagine a vo- a Vocaloid DJ Hero game or a Vocaloid bass Guitar Hero game with the help of Sega with the help of Activision yeah but then again, you also have to count in those people who are like, 
oh, that's Japanese. I don't want to buy Japanese stuff. And it's like, why? Why are you doing this? Like, why would you even see something like that? No, but there's a lot of people like that. But then they go out and buy Final Fantasy, and they're like, well, no, no, Final, yeah, Final Fantasy is not Japanese. Yeah, because that's like they have English voice actors. But not necessarily. There's just people tend to forget that these most games were actually made by Japanese people. Even Nintendo, like Super Mario, that's a Japanese game. Yeah, I know, but and it's like the I think Italian boy, a uh, man, and in Final Fantasy those fantasy guys <laughs> talking English and even. Super Mario is talking English like It's a me Mario And That was quite cool That sounded kind of like Baby Mario though Well yeah I'm a baby of course <laughs> Oh wait Say let's go In Mario's accent Let's go wow. My voice My voice is too high That's quite cool I have to admit It's a me Mario You can do it better No I don't think I can. Yes, you can. <laughs> Luigi time! I don't like Luigi. He's always kind of Mario's skinny, taller brother. I don't know. I think, I think he gets. I think like... he gets like bullied by Mario. He's like, yeah. well, you can't be in the games. You're, the only games you're in is Luigi Mansion. It's not as honest, popular as Galaxy. I prefer Luigi over Mario. Say what? No. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, Luigi never has really been in the spotlight, like, only for Luigi's Mansion. And he's always, like, titled as Super Mario's brother. And Super Mario's always like, It's me, Mario. And, and Luigi's like, you know, it's Luigi. Meh. <laughs> so it's like, for me, I feel kind of sad for Luigi. <laughs> I do. I, I feel. I feel. Yeah. I feel sympathetic towards Luigi, but Luigi kind of deserves it. Do you know what I mean? Because you know, Luigi. We, we, all, we all know why Luigi aren't, isn't in the Mario games. We all know why. I don't. Because <laughs> Luigi's getting out there, getting laid. That's what Luigi's doing. <laughs> Mario's going over the Princess Peach, but we all know that Luigi did that like ten years ago. You mean like Luigi's um, out there, you know, getting laid with Peach and Mario's like jumping on mushrooms and everything? Yeah, look, Mario's getting high <laughs> while 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 Luigi's <laughs> getting laid. That's how it works. Like, why don't why don't you think we see Daisy and Luigi in in the Super Mario games? We don't. We rarely see them. Do you know why? Well, well because, to be honest, because they're I don't, doing it. I don't really like Daisy. I, I didn't. I never really liked her. I don't know why. When I when I whenever I saw her in the Mario Party games, I was like, "Oh, there's like there's Daisy. Let's beat her shit up." Wow. I I just don't like her. I don't know why. I prefer Peach. No, but I don't like Peach. Is kind of I don't like Peach. No, I I don't know. I think what Peach is doing is she's kind of hey Mario, I baked you a cake, and you're like, wow. Is, is that is that it? You baked him. A, is that why you want him to come over to bake you? Mario has better stuff to do. Mario has to, you know, he has to do some plumbing. He needs a job, you know. He needs to get off his addiction to those mushrooms because, after all, he has a family to feed. Well, you know, I what I think is, 
I don't think Peach is getting captured. I think she's doing it on purpose to get, I don't know, to make love with Bowser. Oh, no. Oh, that's nasty, man. Well, that's what I think. <laughs> you ruined the Super Mario games. Thank <laughs> you, you ruined it when you told me Luigi was. But that's I think, the truth, Daisy. though. But that's the truth, though. We all know Luigi's get pimping himself out. That's that's Luigi. Luigi. Why do you think Luigi's taller? Why do you think Luigi's thinner? Because Luigi's is the guy that goes to clubs every night. You know, every Friday night he's there. All right, all right ladies, it's me, Luigi. <laughs> or maybe he's just like, well, f this. I'm going to my mansion and search some ghosts or anything. No, he he's not actually searching ghosts. That's his cover story. <laughs> I I could just imagine Luigi being this like Cockney guy. Oh, oh, it's Luigi. Let's go. Yeah. Now I'm thinking of Luigi in a perverted way, like his uh, mansion is like something. Like a sex chamber or something. <laughs> wow. Thank you for ruining my mind. <laughs> you, you were the one that said that. I didn't say that. I said that Luigi was a cockney guy. That's cool. Yeah, you're not out of town. Oh, oh, Mario, you want some fish and chips? Oh, yeah. That's Luigi. <laughs> he's, he's not uh, Italian Luigi. He's he's a uh, British Luigi. Yeah. He's, he's probably the guy that goes watches out the, the football matches. Oh, come on, England. That's Luigi. That's Lu Luigi's that guy. He he tries and he he's people think he's Italian, but he's not Italian. He's pure British. That's what we know. No one knows that though. Only me and you. Ah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So we were talking about um, Luigi and what he does on his night out. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, we all know Luigi gets pissed, gets drunk. You know, one night stands. That's what Luigi's all about. <laughs> like I'm saying, Luigi probably had like kids all around the world. It's not just baby Luigi. There's like so many of them. Well, thanks for ruining my childhood. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I feel really honored. <laughs> oh. But yeah, well that that's the truth though. That that's that's what really happened. It explains bad, a lot. Bad. It's it's like putting two bad plus two bad Nintendo. Uh funny thing about Nintendo, Nintendo didn't always was a um it didn't always used to be a gaming company. I once read that it possessed something like a loving or sex hotel. Yes, it that's what Nintendo was. It was a love hotel. Oh my god. <laughs> so maybe they kind of implemented so these true. kind of things into their, their <laughs> games. I don't know. That's what Nintendo was. It was a Nintendo Love Hotel. Secret messages in Pokemon games. Oh my god. <laughs> See, it's it's like, oh Mario, I baked you a cake. Well, that's... I don't think that's cake. Let's just put it that way. Oh my way. god. <laughs> Alright. That's how it is, though. This is Nintendo. Now, a lot of people that are big fans of Nintendo are going to hate this. But that's the truth, guys. I'm sorry I ruined Nintendo for you. And even Nintendo, <laughs> no. They have it like in a... It's, oh my god, this is our top secret. No one needs to know. No one. In the end, I don't care anyways. I'm going to buy the Wii U and everything. So, yeah. <laughs> Screw that fact. Are you going to buy a Wii U? 
Yeah, for I think Christmas or something because uh, I want to play Bayonetta 2. Okay. And since it's a Wii U exclusive, I have no other choice to, as yeah, to buy one. Yeah, but they say it's a Wii U exclusive. I think that game is going to be out on the. When when is it coming out, or is it already out? No, of no, it's not out yet. They're still producing it and everything. I think it's going to be on the next gen consoles because even with um, the Ninja Gaiden Razor's Edge. A lot of people were like, oh, we want to see this on the PlayStation and the Xbox 360. Of course, Tecmo Koei, being as awesome as they are, brought that over to the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3 only a couple of weeks ago. So, we don't know. Maybe Bayonetta 2, if they, the people that well, make Bayonetta might think, okay, our fans want it on these consoles, let's do that. It might well, also yeah, explain but... why they're taking a long time to produce this game. They might be producing it for... The next-gen consoles as well as the Wii U, we don't know. Well, yeah, but it's like, you know, um, I think Nintendo saved Sega. Because how it was. Hmm. Yeah. But the thing is, you were talking about, you know, Nintendo kind of got that exclusivity but it doesn't last forever it doesn't there's always some sort of contract and i think nintendo are kind of wasting their contract with you know with the development of this game and i think yeah maybe maybe they made this kind of contract with nintendo and saying yeah you guys are going to have the game on this current gen they then i don't know they haven't actually taken into account maybe they haven't actually taken into account the next generation because the next generation of consoles are coming and i'm hoping to see bayonetta 2 on on the PlayStation 4. Well, yeah, then again, it will have to be like, you know, once it's out, you have to wait like for, first for the release of the next-gen consoles, and then again, maybe like they said like, yeah, if it's out for the Wii, you can make the game for the next-gen consoles like two years later. No. Like something like that. that, that I don't think two years later they'll make the game for the next gen. Yeah, not, I was just like, you know. That's a bit of an over exaggeration. Maybe, yeah, maybe two months. <laughs> because when you're making a game, you you, you take into account, let, oh yeah, let's make this game on more than one console. Because mm -hmm. Tecmo Koei, I'm not being rude here, but the fact that they announced that this game is also, Dynasty Warriors 8 is also coming on the Xbox 360, they must have worked on since the beginning making a port of an Xbox 360 version. Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. They must have been doing that from the beginning or it would have taken a long time to make that port because coding for the Xbox 360 and coding for the PlayStation 3 are very... two different things because apparently it's easier to code on the Xbox 360 compared to the PlayStation. Yeah, I don't know about that, but that's... Because hmm. I'm not like a technology expert or something. Me neither, I'm just... These are things that I've heard, so, yeah. Tecmo Koei games for Xbox, I'm like... I mean, it's like, it's really exclusive in Japan, and they automatically think that it's gonna be exclusive to PS3 for overseas as well. Maybe they just wait for it and see. Mm. But, you know, you see, Chin and Tecmo Koei also did that, act, uh, that tweet thing like retweet if you are a Dynasty Warriors fan and you have a Xbox or whatever 
and now it's coming for Xbox as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing is, I don't really mind. Like, I was the kind of people. I was one of the people that bought a PlayStation Three, mainly for just in case if the Dynasty Warriors games don't get released on the Xbox 360 because I was upset when I didn't see Extreme Legends and then when I didn't see Empires but then I bought PlayStation 3 and I got to play Extreme Legends and I got to play Empires of course Empires isn't as good I don't know but that's my opinion uh, but Dynasty Warriors 8 that's you know if people think yeah um, uh, I'm upset that the game is not coming out on Xbox 360 but if you're a true fan, you'll you'll go out of your way to buy the game. Doesn't matter where, because there's there's people that buy the game from Japan. Do you see what mm. I mean? And I I yeah, consider them. Again. Okay, I understand that not a lot of people can afford those kind of things, but you know, if you're you know you have to think about it in advance. And I know a lot of people they will buy the Xbox 720, and a lot of people will buy the PlayStation 4 especially TK fans, but you really need to prioritize in terms of gaming. Like, we've already announced that, it's already been announced that Dynasty Warriors, oh, not Dynasty Warriors, that Tech Te- Makoi is going to be one of the developers for the PlayStation 4. So, mm-hmm. people should take that into account and say, okay, if I want Dynasty Warriors on the PlayStation 4, or if I want another Tech Makoi game on the PlayStation 4, you know, and it might... It will definitely be on the PlayStation 4. It might not be on the Xbox. And I have to go make a decision and say, yeah, I'm going to buy this on the PlayStation. So, yeah, guys, there was a lot of, um, what was it called? Interruptions in terms of the internet and and stupid Skype. I don't know. Maybe it was just too much epicness. They couldn't handle it, um, the Skype server. So I'm very <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, we're going to have to wrap up this episode. But if you guys want to see Zombie again... Just tweet me at Get Life Podcast, and of course you can tweet uh, at Zombie Desu Thirteen, and and tell us how this episode went. If you liked it, if you didn't like it, we want your opinions. Now, that's gonna be awesome. If you didn't like it, that's cool. That's fine. But if you liked it, most probably we'll have Zombie on again to talk about other things, maybe depending on what you guys want. And to end off this episode, um, Zombie, would you like to say anything? Well, it was an honor to be on your podcast. I love that. <laughs> and yeah, thank you. <laughs> See, what a polite young man, I have to say. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, you say it's an honor to have to be on the podcast. It was actually an honor to have you because I, I remember watching your YouTube videos, and that's how I pretty much I found out about you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was. It's a pretty much an honor to have you on the podcast. So it's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and also, guys, remember if you want to pre-order your copy of Dynasty Warriors 8 in the UK with free UK delivery on everything and a free pre-order with maybe pre-order bonuses, be sure to pre-order from your local game store or online at game.co.uk. Just type in Dynasty Warriors 8 and you'll find it there. Um, also, and also, I will be doing videos soon, along with my sister, she'll be doing some videos. <laughs> and, um, I'll be doing some SSX gameplay, not SEX, unfortunately. Some, <laughs> some SSX gameplay, so some snowboarding games. Uh, it should be good, and, uh, if you guys want to see some Dynasty Warriors gameplay, I'm not going to be doing Empires, mainly because everyone and their dog 
are, are doing Dynasty Warriors Empire's gameplay. So I'll, I'll probably wait for for Dynasty Warriors 8 to come out to do some gameplay commentaries on that. Uh, yeah. Also, I'll, I'll pretty much do any games that I want to do. Yeah. So yeah, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. See you guys soon. Bye. Bye. This is Chie Tanaka, and you've been listening to Get A Life Podcast. I hope that means you got a life. Besides, you gotta eat more meat!